0: Good morning, good morning, coffee lovers. Welcome back to Brewing Crime. I'm Britt, and I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming to my podcast and listening to this episode. I greatly appreciate it. If you listened to previous episodes, then you know that I had a co-host, Nikki. She's one of my dearest, dearest friends, but unfortunately, she will not be co-hosting the show anymore. As of right now, we're still trying to work out the kinks. She is seven hours behind me in as far as time zones so it's quite difficult to record a podcast with somebody who's seven hours behind so we're working on it people bear with us in the meantime you got me okay and with that being said I want to apologize from the bottom of my heart for being MIA for the past three months truly I'm so sorry I missed doing this I did you know The last time that we posted an episode was at the beginning of December, and it's been too long. You had the holidays. I have my full-time job. Personally, I'm going through a lot I traveled some, I moved into a new house. I'm going through a lot of people. Okay, listen, I'm almost at my third decade of my life and I am struggling. No, that's a joke. That was a terrible joke. <laughs> I'm not struggling by any means. But um, yeah, so I once again I apologize. But I am back on this true crime gravy train and I'm here to give you guys some good, good episodes and talk about some I don't want to say good crimes, because that's a little disrespectful, but some crimes, good stories, and I really want to improve my podcast as much as I can. Honestly, it's it's tough. It's tough being a, a one-man show, but we'll get through this together. Okay, so back to business. The coffee part to brewing crime. I am drinking a house blend. It's just a medium roast, and it's just a plain Jane type of thing, you know? Right now, it's... February, almost, almost March, which is insane. Almost springtime. And as far as the coffee well goes at my job, it's pretty dry. I'm gonna take i am I'm gonna let you sit on that as I sip on this coffee. Obviously that is a joke because I work at a coffee shop, so there is always plenty of coffee there. But as far as new roasts, you know, f- new fun, exciting promotions, anything like that, Um, We did have a Guatemalan, which I loved. Oh my gosh, I have never once loved a blonde roast like that. And it was just, it it had hints of orange blossom and milk chocolate, and it was, oh, it was phenomenal. But I went through that um, and every week I went through a bag and a half of it. So, you know, I was always really caffeinated, okay? So, now that I rambled too, too much in general, Let's get to the case a little bit. Um, I just want to... I want to... I'm doing a case on the Chris Watts murders. And it's a sensitive one. It truly is. I want to give a disclaimer. This episode does involve the murder of children. If you are too sensitive to that and you just cannot listen to anything like that, I do not blame you. This is the, the part where you can exit out of this episode, go listen to some of my other episodes. And But at the same time, I felt like I needed to get this this episode out, at least to my audience. Because I've talked to a lot of people and a lot of them never heard of this. This case, I would say. But... At the same time, I'm talking to a lot of people that are here in Germany, so it's a little different, right? Um, it's, it's harder, even if you are American, it's harder to follow what's going on in the United States. So, you know, um, I started researching it, and I felt that I needed to do this case and do it well for the family. So keep on listening. If you, wanna, if you do want to listen to all of the details and hear about the Chris Watts murders. This story starts in 2010 when Chris sent Shanann a Facebook request. At first Shanann didn't think anything was going to become of the relationship but she thought she was cute so she added them. They ended up getting married in 2012, bought a house and moved to Colorado in 2013. Chris and Shanann welcomed their first baby girl on December 17th 2013 named Bella and then they welcomed their second daughter Celeste or her nickname is Cece, July 17, 2015. We don't know the exact date, but we do know that Shanann found out she was pregnant with their third child in early May of 2019. It was to be a baby boy, and Shanann planned on naming him Nico. Chris worked for a petroleum company, and Shanann worked for a company called Lavelle, which is a multi-level marketing company. The reason why I bring up both of their employments is they have something to do with this case. Shanann, if you've never, if you ever interacted with somebody who had, who worked for that type of company, you know that they do a lot of their day-to-day business online. You have to have a really big online presence. And Shanann was one of those affiliates who rocked at it she made thousands of dollars a month and because of it she because of that she posted more and more right now you can actually go online and look up some of the videos that she posted and it's all very eerie i spent hours watching the videos and it's just it's just all kind of creepy because you you get familiar with shenan you see bella and cece and you even see chris in a lot of them and it's just But you can tell her personality and you can tell why she was so good at it. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because most people were just awestruck at the fact of what eventually happened because they say, you know, we thought their lives were perfect. Now, that's a whole different discussion when it comes to online presence and, you know, people showing what they wanna show. But overall, when you watch these videos, you just truly are amazed at what happens. In 2018, Shanann flew with her father and her two little girls to spend six weeks with her parents on vacation. Now, while she was there, she confessed to her mom about what was going on in her marriage. She said she just admitted that, you know, it was just very, it was just at a standstill, you could say. Now, while she was with her parents, Chris is back in Colorado, and in Shanann's word, she accused him of living the bachelor life. She texted him expressing that she was expecting more from him as a partner. She poured her heart out saying that they need to talk because he wouldn't even respond to her texts while she was trying to raise their children as well as work and make money for their family. From everything that I can find, Shannon was the only one really trying to make things work. Now it coming from a person who who understands relationships. You know, that's a huge red flag. According to Shanann and the things she told her parents and her friends, he had, be, had been distanced for a long time. Come to find out, Chris was having an affair with a co-worker. And you see a different side of Chris once you hear the interviews of his girlfriend and himself, That he the things that he admitted. The whole time that Shanann was back in North Carolina, enjoying time with her family, Chris was out seeing this other woman named Nikki. A few weeks before the di- disappearance of Shanann and her little girls, she told, a, she told a friend that Chris had expressed that he was scared to have the third baby and was just content with Bella and Cece. We can all speculate what that means, but maybe that is the reason why things turned out that they did. Shanann came home from a business trip in the early morning of August 13, 2018. Shanann was dropped off by a friend named Nicole. And I don't want to confuse you, there is a lot of Nickies, but this friend Nicole was an obvious good friend to Shanann. After they went to bed, when Nicole woke up the next morning, she was texting her throughout throughout the day and became very concerned when she didn't hear from Shanann at all. Shanann had an appointment at her OB in the morning and then even had a business meeting following that. She missed both of those events. Nicole called Chris to alert him as well as the police to do a welfare check. When Chris arrived home and to let the police in to walk through their home, everything just seemed to be there. Everything except Shanann and the girls. All of their belongings were still in the house. Shannon's car, Shanann's purse, and her cell phone were all untouched. The next day, the FBI joined the search for the women in and the little girls. On August 15th, Chris Watts was arrested for the murders of his wife, Shanann, and his two daughters, Bella and Cece. He became suspicious because there were were video surveillance. He had one uh, on his doorbell, which showed nothing, but his neighbor from across the right next to him had one, and it was facing towards the house. At at an odd time in the morning, you see Chris in the video backing up his truck, putting something in, and then leaving. Obviously, the FBI, the police, they interviewed Chris, and they even asked him to do a polygraph test. Chris failed, and eventually confessed to murdering Shanann and and to his father in an interview room. They interviewed him for hours, the police, and then eventually he said he wanted to talk to his father, and on the videotape, he just laid it out to his dad. He said the murder of Shanann and Bella and Cece were all out of a fit of rage. He claimed that that night that Shanann came home from a business trip, he asked for a separation after confessing to her that he was having an affair. He said Shanann was so upset about Chris asking for a divorce, a separation, that he she went and strangled the two little girls out of spite. Chris claimed that he strangled Shanann out of anger after that. He then transported the three bodies to an oil storage site where he worked. During after he confesses to his father, police came in and they started talking to him a little more where he did confess to them. He showed them on the map to where he dumped the bodies. Chris was sentenced to five counts of first-degree murder, including an additional one count per child cited as death of a child who had not yet obtained 12 years of age, and the defendant was in a position of trust and unlawful termination of a pregnancy and three counts of tampering with a deceased human body. On February 19, 2019, police went... In to interview Chris Watts again to get all the details from the murder, the interviewer felt that because it's been so much time since the conv- conviction, Chris would want to tell the whole whole truth about what exactly happened to Shanna and Bella. It, throughout the original investigation, he kept his story that this is what happened. Now. No, one way or another, the evidence showed difference because the little girls weren't strangled. They were suffocated. So a lot of the pieces didn't match, but they did know that Chris was the murderer. And eventually, you know, after a year, they just wanted the complete truth. Chris, at this point, had been transferred to a Wisconsin prison and was very forthcoming with everything. For, you know, take it as you want I spent hours listening to these inter- this interview and I, I I don't want to put too much of my personal feelings into it, but I do believe it happened the way it happened, but sometimes he justifies things and it's just really sickening to me. Chris c- claims that the night that Shanann came home was around 1 in the morning. She came home the, she seduced him into having sex, but he did feel like it was a test of Shanann. Now, rem, now remember, I said that Shanann knew that there was turmoil going on in their marriage, and so Chris felt like it was just it was just a forced interaction to prove to her that he felt something for her. After they had sex, they went to bed. The next morning, Chris said that it was tearing him up inside because he made all these plans with Nikki, his lover, and. He just needed to get it off his chest. So that morning he got up first, started getting up ready for work. And he was the one who wanted to talk about things while he's getting ready. I'm going to quote some of his exact words. And these are the things that he said that he said to Shanann. I just don't feel compatible. I don't feel like it's going to work. Can we cancel the trip that we have next week? I told her I did not love her. I was straddling her, and she told me I was hurting the baby. And after that, that's when it happened. Unquote. He means that's when he strangled her. He doesn't. Throughout these, throughout the interview, the you know the interviewers are very good at kind of manipulating him to feel, make him feel comfortable enough to express certain things. And when he talks about this, he there are missing pieces to the story, and. I've never killed anybody and, you know, it has happened before where, you know, if it is just out of a, you know, just out of a fit array, just out of nowhere, sometimes you do lose pieces of time and you don't really know why things are. One of the things that kept asking, that the interviewers kept asking Chris was, why, when did you event, when did you straddle her? He couldn't really give a definite answer. Now, I do want to point out that medical professionals say that it takes two to four minutes to strangle somebody to the point of death. And Chris claims that Shanann didn't fight back. So I I find that very hard to believe because, you know, it's it's our body's natural reaction to resist, number one, being attacked. But number two, not breathing. When you're swimming for too long, you can't hold your breath. What do you do? You... Your body forces you to go up and get oxygen. So I highly doubt that a woman who, number one, was pregnant, had two little girls in their house, was just allowing her husband to strangle her. At this point, Bella walked into the room and Chris told his daughter that mommy wasn't feeling good and they had to take her to the hospital. Chris wrapped his wife in the bed sheet that they had on their bed, carried her downstairs, and put her body in the back of the truck. That is when on the video, the camera, that's what we were seeing. We were seeing Chris backing up his truck and putting his dead wife's body in the back. He got his two little girls, got their toys, and put them in the back of his truck as well. He didn't even bother to put their car seats in there. Chris drove about an hour to the dump site, down, down to the dump site where he kept reassuring his two daughters that mommy was okay. All the meanwhile, they were literally sitting inches away from their dead mother. When he got to the oil field, Chris dumped Shanann's body a little further away from the actual oil field. It was in a grassy area. Interviewers asked why he did that, why he separated them, and he he couldn't give a definite answer. You can see on maps of when they found the body and... How they found her was the bedsheet. You could see from a bird's eye view the bedsheet that Shenan was wrapped in. He went back to his truck. Okay, so before I'm gonna give a disclaimer. This is the part that is very hard to say out loud, and I wanna give a warning and explain this is the part when I explain how Chris Watts killed his two daughters Bella and Cece if you feel uncomfortable hearing details like this or don't want to listen anymore i completely understand but i do want to give you that warning just in case chris told interviewers that cc was first he held her head under a blanket and smothered her he forced her head against the seat as she she didn't squirm he said but just you know resisted like i said it's her body's natural reaction all the meanwhile his other daughter Bella was sitting right next to him not understanding not really even asking questions didn't understand what exactly he was doing to her sister then he decided to go to Bella he proceeded with the same thing and put the blanket and put it over Bella's head Chris stated that Bella's last words were daddy no hearing somebody explain how they killed their daughters is a very nauseating thing to hear but what I find interesting compared to him talking about Bella compared to um, his daughters Bella and Cece compared to Shanann he never once strayed you know there is he never cried he never had a crack in his voice when he talked about Shanann but he did show some sort of form of remorse when it came to his daughters. Even though he explained exactly what happened on the night of August 18, 2018, he never, had a, he never gave a definite reason for him killing his family. I think that was the reason for the interview that they gave in March in 2019. He already pled guilty to the charges and anything that he said wasn't going to give him any more time. I think if anything, he, you can just tell. I, maybe this is my personal opinion, but based off of how he talked and you know the interview, I think he he wanted to give an explanation, but then again, he only wanted to give so much. He didn't want to be he he only he knew that people knew he was the bad guy. If that makes sense, right? He know that's common knowledge that he killed his family, but I don't think that he I don't think anybody really wants to justify actions and say yeah no i don't know why i did it it just happened there's a theory that chris watts is a family annihilator sorry i can't say that word properly i'm getting a little tongue tied but that's a tricky one because the definition of a family annihilator is an individual who kills their spouse as well as one or more of their children and then commits suicide himself in the interview, March 2019 interview, he does say that he thought about it, but obviously didn't go through with it. And to me, it's really hard for me to believe that statement because the actions he took after the murders to cover up his crimes says so much different and says, I just don't wanna get caught. Family annihilators normally kill the entire family as well as themselves to shield everybody from shame and the dishonor of the events and the events leading up to it. And in no way am I saying that I think Chris should have killed himself. I'm just saying with this particular theory, it doesn't fit in this situation. No matter the reason that Chris had for killing his entire family, his actions after the fact show absolutely no guilt or remorse, just selfish acts to try to cover his tracks. I want to point out that Shanann being pregnant and Chris not knowing that she had an OB appointment the next day is very odd to me. He says in the interview he didn't know the reason why Shanann's friend Nicole was at the house the next morning. I think that just further proves his his distance from her and everything. In the 2019 interview, the only time I hear him, like, he just, when he talks about his girls, you know, there is something inside of him, and I don't know, maybe that's a natural reaction as far as being a parent, but... Like I said before, that's the only time regret I hear. And of course, of course, I think everybody should regret regret killing a child. But I, it just get it, that part. I get stuck at because, you know, realizing that he doesn't have that much regret doing it to Shanna as he does his child, his children is just uh, it's a little weird for me. Now, when it comes to the affair with Nikki, I'm not going to go into too much depth about it because a lot of people have their own opinions about this girl. I watched hours of her interview and it hurt my head. It, I don't know. I guess I I just personally didn't like the kind of person that she was. Or, you know that she is but in any regard she was cleared as far as having influence on Chris by any means she openly states and has text messages to prove it that Chris lied to her and telling her that they were already separated in fact he lied to Nikki and said that the day that she got back from North Carolina she was talking to a realtor because she wanted to put the house up for sale he went on with this, with this charade and said that she was go that Chris wanted to move out, and so they. She even helped him look for apartments. She put so much time. She put a week into efforts into looking for apartments, and and I don't think that he truly did. I just think he he knew he had to continue this lie. He didn't want to end the relationship with Nikki, but he wasn't man enough to just divorce Nan and the girls. And I say the girls because you know they kind of were a part of this whole thing. Now that Chris is serving his time in Wisconsin and will never be a free man again, thank God. This episode is a really hard one, and it is a solved one, but there's kind of no warning per se. A lot of times in these episodes, I say, "Hey, don't get in car with strangers," or "Hey!" don't talk to somebody you know online but this was an out of nowhere crime and it's just so sad that Shannon, bella and Cece and nico were victims of this terrible terrible tragedy That one was a tough one. I'm going to take a sip of water. That one was... It was hard. It was hard to research. It was hard to talk about. It was hard to put together. But I hope I did the family justice. I hope I did the case justice. And because Shanann, Bella, and Cece did not deserve anything that happened to them. And, you know, I hope for the most part, it it teaches you something i don't i am not 100 sure but overall i want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode i do plan on continuing brewing crime it is just going to be lonely old me for a little bit but hey you know what i might have some guests on here some of my friends come over not necessarily co-host but at least we can get their insight to me telling them a story So once again, thank you so much. I hope your coffee is good forever and stay tuned for the next episode and brewing crime.